Welcome to the Selling from the Heart podcast, your home for authentic, effective, and socially integrated sales strategies to help you master the art of selling. Join your co-hosts, Larry Levine and Daryl Amy, along with some of the world's best sales thought leaders and practitioners as we explore ways to help you grow your sales. Hello, and welcome back to the Selling from the Heart podcast. Your co-host, Daryl Amy, here today with Larry Levine. Fresh off a great training session. Larry, you're fired up. What's going on, man? Yeah, I'm fired up, Daryl, but I wasn't fired up on the drive home yesterday. So for our listeners, I live north of Los Angeles, so I had to drive through two metro areas yesterday, and it was only 80 miles, and it took me three hours and five minutes to get home last night. So Needless to say, I, I got a little bit of calluses on my backside. <laughs> well, good for you, but it was all worth it. It was excellent seeing the uh, pictures awesome. of the selling team with this Selling from the Heart book, uh, getting fired up about their value proposition and alignment. What a great time. Uh, and I am so excited about what we have to talk about this week. It's going to be a fun topic. In fact, uh, I have a feeling we're going to be talking about this topic for a long time. Uh, but by the way, if you're new to the podcast, welcome You've joined a growing international community of sales professionals that are genuine, authentic, somewhat irrelevant, dedicated to selling from the heart. We're glad you're here. And uh, Larry, we've got a fantastic guest this, this week. So uh, why don't you introduce our guest and then we'll dive into what's going to be a really fun topic. Now, this, is, this is cool because not only do we have our guest on, but Mary Ellen was is also a podcast listener, and I was introduced to Mary Ellen through Tyler Kuznia, who reached out to connect to me, and then all of a sudden, I'm getting an introduction inside LinkedIn to Mary Ellen, so this is kind of cool. So I want to welcome Mary Ellen May to the Selling from the Heart podcast. Oh, thank you, guys. This is exciting. Thanks so much. Yeah, no, it's great. We're glad you're here, and, and we've got so many cool things to talk about. Um, as you get to know Mary Ellen, she is a expert in emotional intelligence, a topic that's near and dear to my heart, and uh, something that we've been talking about on the Selling from the Heart podcast recently. But before we dive into today's topic, uh, or maybe even just to set it up, Mary Ellen, I'm curious, what does it mean to you when you think about selling from the heart? So in my journey as a salesperson and the people that I work with and as my clients, I think that selling from the heart is really getting to a point where you really trust in yourself fully and you're willing to open up to, to understanding your customer. Um, it sounds kind of simple. And yet I think that customers really want to be fully understood. They want to have someone in front of them that gets them. Mm-hmm. And very often a lot of our salespeople that I, I initially take on are moving really fast or they're very transactional and they, they just, don't know how to slow down and fully listen to the person across the table from them. Mm. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's interesting because it reminds me of that one of the best books I ever read as a sales rep and a special shout out to Kevin Davis because yeah. he wrote a book called Slow Down, Sell Faster. And, and it's just the whole, I mean, the book's just action packed full of just sales nuggets, but it really resonates what you're just saying. And I'm a firm believer in it is, if you don't slow parts of the process, sales process down and truly get to know somebody, how can, how can you in your heart try to sell them something? And if we really spin this around, it doesn't take that much work. 
it's just what's expected. Yeah, no doubt. You know, um, Mary Ellen, as I think about, and, and everyone knows we've been doing a lot of reading and, and research in the area of emotional intelligence and how it relates to sales. Um, I know we want to dive into this topic of head trash here in a moment, but when you think about emotional intelligence and the sales professionals that you coach, where do you see the, the bridge between emotional intelligence really helping reps uh, become the best version of themselves and maybe the most successful version of themselves? So I think that a lot of the sales training that I've seen so far tends to talk about the emotional response of the customer, you know, that Mm -hmm. that decision-making is emotional. So I'm really intrigued with the emotional component of the salesperson, Hmm. you know, how they manage themselves when they're involved in a sales process. And when you really think about the best salespeople out there, they are salespeople that fully understand their own personal triggers the things that might be said during a sales call that has them either wanting to fix things too fast or suddenly vomiting all this stuff about themselves because they're just feeling inadequate because someone might have questioned or even given them a certain look when they walked into the room. And those triggers can be managed. And that's really, you know, the first part of emotional or emotional intelligence is really understanding and managing yourself and knowing what those emotions are when they come on, being able to to call them out to yourself, realize, okay, I'm a little unsteady right now. How am I going to react? And and really slow down, like Larry said, slow yourself down to to manage those triggers, understand them. And so that will allow you to connect and really be yourself a lot more, which I think is what every sales professional wants to be able to portray is their true self so that they can have the person across from them mirror that as well. Mm, Wow. And I see it. And I think you're spot on. And obviously that's why I wrote the first half of selling from the heart that exact same way as we really have to work on ourselves. But I, I think the big struggle and I see it in the sales teams that I work with, even some of the individuals that I speak to is it goes against the grain Mm. Yeah. Of what's being discussed and coached and trained and practiced inside sales teams. And I think it's it's starting to rear its ugly head a little bit because we all can agree on on, on this podcast that I, I think it's the missing link. We see it. Obviously, we're speaking about it, but it's that hidden. I, I think it's hidden deep down inside of sales teams. And I think it's time to bring it, you know, bring it out in the open. Yeah, you know, I, I was uh, I attended a sales training, and one of the sales managers, who's an incredible salesperson, said something that really stuck with me. And he said, "You know, one day I just woke up and I just decided that I was going to be myself. Huh. That I was just going to go out, and if the customer liked me, they liked me, and if they didn't, they didn't." And it's so funny because as a seasoned salesperson, we tend to think that that's something that you get to like a journey. Eventually, you'll hit that part. And you'll just say, you know what? I am who I am. I'm just going to come with myself. And I'm really intrigued because I don't think you have to wait that long. I really think that if you start to fully understand yourself, you can actually hit that that area a lot faster. And when you're really trusting in who you are, what you know, what you don't know, having true curiosity about the person across from you, that's when selling gets so much easier. And that's really what I want people to figure out. Mm, That's good. 
You talked about triggers earlier. Yeah. Uh, so what's a, what's a good example of a trigger and a, a way to uh, manage your emotional response to that trigger in a sales situation? So I was coaching someone the other day and it was really interesting because um, it was a, he had a product where he'd al- already sold the customer a couple lines of business and he wanted to increase the lines because he's an insurance um, salesperson. So okay. he wrote one line and he wanted to increase and write the other lines. And he was involved in their board. Uh, it was a nonprofit. He did a lot of work with the nonprofit. He's known him for a couple of years. And it was interesting because when he walked me through his sales process, he almost sounded kind of entitled. He's like, you know, I'm going to get in there and I'm going to tell them how much I've done for them <laughs> and that, you know, that, that I deserve this. And I was like, wow, you know, like that's really interesting. Yeah. And so in, that's his trigger. His trigger is I deserve this. I'm entitled. I go, so let's play around and, and talk about some other ways to show up. And, okay. and I said, do, you know, do you really like what you do? Do you like being with them? And then all of a sudden you could hear his voice change. He's like, well, yeah, you know, I really like, I really like working with them. Do you care about them? I do. And so we practiced another way, like rather than go to the the trigger of I'm entitled, what would it be like to just go in there and let him know how much you enjoy working with him and you care about him? And in that caring place, you want to make sure that they're, they're covered in other ways. And And it was so interesting because it took a little while for him to settle in. Mm-hmm. But then he said, you know, Marianne, I guess you're right. I was, I was coming from a place of kind of, I guess, frustration. And now I'm shifting into a place of really feeling good about where I am and not frustrated and willing to kind of see it in a different way. So hmm. that, was, that was a really fun coaching call. Oh, yeah. It's interesting that the good old tugging on the heartstrings works all the time. Yeah, but it comes coming from a place of authenticity, though. Yes, and I think exactly. So much um, or an authentic place of sincerity and relational connection. I think so much of what we do as sales professionals comes from a place of anxiety and yeah. comes from a place of fear, um, pressure and all of those those things. And, and um, it leads us to just go about it the wrong way all the way around. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You talked, uh, as we were preparing for the show, uh, you said something that I knew we wanted to dive into <laughs> and our audience is going to love is sales reps have a lot of head trash. Unpack that for us. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of interesting because, when I work with salespeople and I feel it myself, you know, mm-hmm. when you're in that sales class and you have to do the role plays, I mean, you guys have been in that situation where you can see the angst that everybody has uh, because there's that competitive place that people get into. It doesn't matter how many years of selling you have, you know, they don't want to look bad in a role play. And you know, what's so funny is when I teach role plays, I turn them inside out. I say, listen, I want you guys to share your anxieties. I want to see where you guys fall down. I don't want you to to do well in this role play because (laughs) I think that there's parts of us that we expend so much energy as a salesperson managing other people's impressions of us. Hmm. 
you know, we are trying so hard to look good. We're trying to be the expert. And too often in doing that, we shut down our ability to listen fully. Um, we're not willing to adjust or be agile when things get, get a little crazy in a sales call. We find ourselves shutting down or getting inside of our head. So, mm-hmm. you know, when I'm dealing with especially the new salespeople, their need to be the expert, they hold on to that so tight mm-hmm. that it keeps them from having certain conversations because that head trash, you know, got to be perfect, got to look good. And, you know, it's kind of like that salesperson I mentioned before, when you wake up that one day and you're like, you know what, I'm good. I, I'm, I am who I am. I'm going to go out and I'm going to listen and really care about this person. I want to work first to understand them. It's not as easy as it sounds. And when I, when I utilize some of the, the executive coaching that I use in the training, it really allows me to create a safe space where I have people just kind of let me know, hey, Mara, let me tell you what stops me from doing this. I feel like I should never be able to make a mistake mm. in a call. And when you release someone from that, then all of a sudden they're like, well, wait a minute. So this is, can be like a conversation. <laughs> I say, right. yeah, that's, that's kind of what it is. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, they're, yeah. they're, called, they're called learning moments, and that's what they have to realize. They're, all they are, it's learning. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, part the, of the, process. the foundation of sales is trust, right? Trust yeah. is, is nothing happens without trust, or at least if there's no trust, it slows everything down. So trust is born out of authenticity. But when we have all this, um, this head trash affecting our relations, it is almost as if there's a, a screen between us and the, the prospect and, and, and it's like that is a major trust inhibitor and it just slows everything down, right? And, and it's the stuff we thought would speed things up actually slows stuff down. And, you know, it also kind of breeds from that, the whole idea of being vulnerable, you know, like there's a really interesting line that you dance around when you're in sales because you obviously want to know your product very well. You want to know your competitors. You want to speak from a place of knowing And yet when you're open to, you know, being a little vulnerable and letting people know that, you know, hey, you know, I'd love to learn more about that. You don't always have to know that creates an environment where trust can grow because, you know, a lot of customers, the last thing they want is someone to just spit out all you know about your product. Mm -hmm. They want to be heard on their side. They want to be understood. And that's where the trust actually starts, you know, it's in having your customer feel fully understood. So that's going to be questioning, you know, what kind of questions are you asking? What follow-up questions, you know, how well do you listen? And as they feel that difference from you, then all of a sudden they will be more inclined to seeing you less as a salesperson and more as what I like to call a thought partner, because that's really where I want to go in my selling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it, it's interesting because I responded to something. It was actually a, it was a post on LinkedIn earlier this morning, and it was all around you know people buy from people they know, like and trust. That that whole thing is you know that lines forever in a day. Yeah. And he goes, "Does anybody else want to add something to this?" I said, "And who shows they care?" And in order to show that you care, I mean, you're speaking about it. Sometimes you have to get vulnerable and vulnerable with yourself. Yeah. 
So and you know, another thing too is challenging. Like one of the things I, I also think is really fun about selling from the heart is not being afraid to ask challenging questions or understand where their challenge is and staying there because mm-hmm. I've had, I've had my, uh, when I did training with company, I had someone gasp because I said, you know, it's really cool to understand your customer's challenges. And someone said, Mary Ellen, don't ask a customer about their challenges, you know, that's going to make them uncomfortable. And, uh, <laughs> and it kind of, yeah, it, it cracked me up too. Because <laughs> I was like, wow. Because that's when people start to share with you their challenges. Then you really know that they trust you. And, yeah. you know, aspirations and challenges are, are a really cool place to go to that will allow you to sit back too from a head trash place. You don't have to, this is where you don't need to know. And you don't, by the way. So if you can sit back and listen fully, I think there's so much value in that. So how can, um, so I'm thinking about our, our myself actually, but also our listeners, how can we identify our head trash? Like how, what are some Mm. And I'll just throw this out to all of us. I mean, what are some ways we can identify that head trash? Because I know that most of it's probably what's in our heads, right? It's, it's active, it's subliminal, it's programmed, it's part, you know, how do we, how do we identify that so we can deal with it? Like, what are some, something you mentioned earlier, and, and I'll, I'll, uh, I'll say that I notice myself doing this in selling situations sometimes, is there's moments where I just like, I don't know. You feel insecure. So you start talking way too much. <laughs> and, and, you know, so maybe like, could that be something that, that, that I could recognize and go, okay, what's, you know, after the, after the, the sales call is over to sit yeah. down with a cup of coffee uh, or something stronger and go, okay, what, what was that? <laughs> you know, and actually yeah. dig into that rather than just keep playing that script over and over again, where I talk over everybody like I'm doing right now. <laughs> well, you said it, Daryl. I was just about ready to say it. <laughs> Help me with my head trash. Please. Oh, it's time to take off the trash, dude. <laughs> well, I think what can be cool is just figuring out what a trigger is. Like noticing when you're triggered, what physically happens. Because usually like when you're triggered, you go... Yeah, you get a little flushed. You go inside your head. <laughs> no one's watching the video. Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how, and just, how, about, how about don't drink in three cups of coffee in the morning before your first? <laughs> that's probably true. That that's, is true. okay. Guilty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Mary Ellen. Keep, look, this is good. This is so good. Well, here's one thing that I do with my folks is: um, Have you ever seen the the marshmallow experiment with the young kids? No. So in the, in the 1970s, if you wanted to Google something really fun, just Google the marshmallow experiment. Because in the 1970s was when they started an experiment with young kids, and it was all about um, your ability to be patient. So they took this oh, these kids, this. put a marshmallow in front of them, left them in a room by themselves for 10 okay. minutes and said, hey, listen, in 10 minutes when I come back, if you don't mm-hmm. eat this marshmallow, you're going to get a second marshmallow. And what they do is you can watch the kids, because they film them, get all flustered and and look at the marshmallow. Some pick it up, smell it, put it near their mouth. You can see everyone, just that impatience of wanting to eat that marshmallow. And then some kids eat it, some kids wait. And the ones that wait that in the study 
as years went on, what they learned about the the children that waited, they tended to be people who had a, a set of, you know, were, could persevere through situations. They had patience. And what's really fun is when I coach my uh, salespeople, a lot of times we want to fix things quickly. Mm-hmm. So what I do is I have them watch the marshmallow experiment because it helps them understand that trigger when they hear that first inclination where the customer has a situation and they want to, then they're triggered to fix. And sometimes that means talking a lot or jumping into a product dump of some sort. Mm-hmm. And I say, you know what? what? I want you to think of that marshmallow and I want you to wait because your ability to hold back, to manage that emotion of fixing actually will create more value for you in the long run mm-hmm. because that because we all know when you fix things too fast, the value, you kind of devalue yourself. Right. And so that's just something that, that's a trigger that I usually use a lot with people. It's that trigger of fixing. That's when you talk too much. Mm. And uh, you can actually feel your body when someone has that. You're like, I got this one, you know, and you want to talk. So I have them watch the marshmallow video. And then it's so funny. I'll have people, you know, write to me and say, oh my gosh, Mayor, I keep thinking I had that marshmallow in my head. I wanted to fix so much, but I, but I managed my emotions. I held back. You know, you know, what's interesting. And um, I'm listening to what you're saying. And then it, re- it reminds me of what I used to do and, and it used to drive people crazy. But, uh, you know, in going out with joint sales calls with, with salespeople or solutions, you know, experts and things like that is the minute that a client or a prospect would say, hey, here's my issue or here's my challenge, whatever the case may be. Yeah, I would always take a step back, ask a few more questions, digest a little bit and say, you know what, let me take this back to the office. Let me give it a week or two to, you know, see what I can come up with to help you. And then we would go back out in the car and the person goes, well, why didn't you just answer the problem right there on the spot? Why didn't you just give a an answer? And I go, you know, I could, but let's take a step back and fully digest what that person just said, because maybe what, what comes out of your mouth in the next 30 seconds or minute may not be the exact right answer. Mm. Wow. And, and I think that goes along with what you're saying is I think as, as salespeople, you know, we get in that situation, mm. we just want to, we just want to give the answer right then and there because that's what we're supposed to do. But if you take a step back and go, okay, let me digest it. Let me see, you know, the best possible way I can answer this. Mm-hmm. Now, what do you think that other person is thinking in the back of their mind? Oh, that person cares, right? Because I know if I if I if I told Daryl, hey, here here's the here's my issue, here's my challenge, and then all of a sudden, five seconds later, Daryl's giving me the response to it, I'm going to go, has he even thought about it, right? Or is he just spouting some off to appease me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know, I don't know if that makes sense or not, but yeah, no, this is so good, and and this whole concept of of dealing with head trash. I mean, this is. I feel like you just opened up Pandora's box here in terms of <laughs> stuff to think about. And uh, and boy, I I mean, I can't wait to see the book on this, Mary Ellen. There's gotta, <laughs> you've got to dive deeper at least at least a blog article. Uh, for, no, I will. I I definitely community. will. I'll, so I'll put good. one together. Yeah, but, no, um, it's, it's good stuff. Yeah. And, and all of this, you know, the foundation of emotional intelligence is self-awareness and self-management, right? The more we can be aware of ourselves and then have uh, strategies in place 
to recognize and deal with, with things like the head trash, um, man, the much more effective we're going to be. Yeah. So good. Yeah. So good. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for uh, opening Pandora's box now. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Larry, I think we got some head trash to deal with. I'm sure all well, of our I listeners. Think, I, I, well. think you got, I think you got head trash to deal with, Daryl. Oh, thanks. Okay. So, uh, I took out the trash. <laughs> yeah, sure you did. <laughs> so all... <laughs> So we always leave everybody with, with a, an exercise. So, so this exercise is going to be really simple. I want everybody to lock themselves in a room for 10 minutes with a marshmallow. See what <laughs> happens, right? <laughs> okay, well, maybe don't do that. But what I do want to challenge everyone to do is on your appointments this week, I just want you to uh, pay attention to yourself. Like when you're talking to a prospect um, when you're in a sales meeting, what's going on? Where are the moments where maybe uh, you notice yourself, like me, possibly, you know, just over-explaining or, or trying to share too much information? And take that situation, whatever that is for you, and uh, once again, sit down. We're always, uh, we're always advocating self-reflection for sales professionals sit down and go, what is driving that inside me? Mm. And uh, I think I'd love to hear, you know, we love hearing back from listeners to the podcast. So if you want to uh, ping us with your uh, feedback on that, uh, I know, Larry, we'd love to hear that. I know Mary Ellen would as well. Let's right. see what head trash is out there in the community. There's going to be a lot of fun. But seriously, I think, uh, Mary Ellen, what you've, you've exposed us to today and kind of uncovered is a critical key to authenticity, which is therefore a critical key to trust and uh, highest, uh, the highest level of effectiveness. So from the bottom of our hearts, thank you. Uh, thank you, thank you for joining us. And thank you everybody for being a part of the Selling from the Heart podcast. Uh, we appreciate everyone sharing the podcast. And if you like this podcast, by the way, would you take a moment at the end of the podcast and go onto iTunes or Google or wherever you listen to the podcast, Spotify, Give us a review. That helps spread the message out there. I'm really excited about some things that are coming soon on the Selling from the Heart website that we'll have available to you. So stay tuned on that. But until next week, keep being genuine, keep being authentic, keep doing the hard work, do some self-reflection, even sit in that room with a marshmallow if you need to. <laughs> but most of all, sell from the heart.